Bridget and Scott, a couple of local ties, are parading the Stanley Cup around town this week. And former head coach Bruce Cassidy and, of course, Chelmsford, Mass, native, former BU Terrier, Jack Eichel. So pretty cool that the Cup's in town. A lot of people are going to get a chance to hold it and take pictures with it. And, of course, Bruce Cassidy was on the Greg Hill Show on WEI earlier this week. And, I don't know, I'm sure it was pretty sweet for him to have to go on Boston Radio as a, as a Stanley Cup champion uh, just about a year after being fired from the Bruins. Yeah, obviously, like, he's he's too classy to, like, rub it in his in anyone's face or gloat or anything like that. But, yeah, you got to imagine it feels pretty good. Um, you know, certainly he won – looking at how each of uh each of them did year one without each other he obviously won won that um and yeah he gets to bring it home and and for a great cause for him um you know they're launching the cassidy murray foundation in uh in milton on thursday um which is named in honor of a teenage girl who died on vacation in aruba in like a tragic boating accident and was actually friends with Bruce Cassidy's daughter when they lived here. So that's the connection there. And he's using his day with the cup uh, to help launch that. Yeah. And then Eichel has it on Friday and is bringing it to skate three in Tingsboro, uh, where he grew up skating and I think still skates when he comes home um, in summers or whenever. So yeah, a couple, you know, Stanley Cup in the area, but still, still waiting for uh, for the Bruins to have one. You know, for the first time in twelve years. Yeah. So yeah, Scott and I are both planning on heading to Eichel's Day with the Cup, which is tomorrow morning. And it's it's just kind of funny, like, oh well, I, I figured we'd see the Cup in this area this year, but it wasn't necessarily that it would be a uh, Jack Eichel's Day with the Cup that we were thinking of. But yeah, Cassidy on Greg Hill yesterday was, I mean. He was on for about a little bit over 15 minutes, I think. He had, especially in the beginning, I thought he had some interesting things to say, especially, I mean, Greg and Wiggy both asked him some questions that are pretty much the talking points for Boston Sports Radio about um, kind of when did when did it stop stinging the, you know, the, the breakup with the Bruins and um, how – Greg said something like, uh, you know, they're professionals. They should be able to handle a little bit of yelling every once in a while. And then Cassidy kind of like paused for a second and was like, well, the guys in Vegas responded well. <laughs> so, so it was a little bit of like, not even shade. Like, I think he, he couldn't have really answered it differently. Um, I thought he, yeah, he handled it classily, but obviously when you are the winner, <laughs> uh, it makes things a lot easier to to just be like, yeah, that's in the past. I come on to bigger and better things. Yeah, well, he talked about because he he was also he was asked like, you know, did you change how you coach or anything like when after you got fired? And he basically said like, you change some stuff every year. Like you constantly have to grow and adapt and learn. But for the most part, he was like, I you know, I have my core tenants and like I don't really change those and he basically brought that with him to Vegas and we know a lot what a lot of those are it's like it's a culture of accountability and and I think it yeah obviously like Vegas Vegas responded well um to win the cup his first year there 
But I think the, you know, we go back and it's like, I think the Bruins responded well when he first became head coach here too. It's just, it's an approach that over time can eventually wear on guys and, and obviously did here. You know, I also thought it was interesting where he was asked, you know, do you, or were you aware that like certain players had problems with you or whatever? And he said that he knew there were some players that he had to change his approach for. And he said, you know, be less abrasive with. And then he said, you know, there are other guys, there was some stuff he didn't know until it kind of came out afterwards, which is interesting. That kind of felt like a shot and maybe had a couple players who was like, you know, if you had a problem with me, like, why didn't you address it while I was here type thing? And I, you know, we can, I guess, like, we could speculate who that is, but, uh, you know, there were a couple of Bruins who made comments along the lines of, like, it's a refreshing change, or, like, I don't feel as much pressure, or, you know, I'm not wondering, like, am I going to get benched if, you know, if I make a mistake or whatever, and I think particularly about, like, last summer, Brandon Carlo had some comments in an article by Flutish and Zhao in The Athletic along those lines, and, you know, I sort of wondered, like, is that kind of what he's referring to? Like, you know, did Carlo not really talk to him? Like if Carlo was having issues with Cassidy, like did he not really talk to him about that while, while he was here? So I, I thought that was interesting that it was like, you know, the, the levels of it were most of the players I had good relationships with is what Cassidy said. And he listed off guys that he's still friendly with like Bergeron, Martian, Pasenak, McAvoy said those were all among players current and former players who reached out after he won the cup. Um, then there were players he knew he had to change his approach with. And then it seems like there's, there were a couple of these guys where it was like, he didn't really know there was an issue because they didn't talk to him about it. And then he heard stuff after he got fired. I mean, the Carlo one disappoints me a little bit just because he was a, uh, he was, a, he was a captain on the team under Bruce Cassidy. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think he was a consistent A on the jersey, but he definitely wore the A at times under Bruce Cassidy, and that tells me that Cassidy, you know, ha- had respect for the player, and I'm sure the the respect went both ways. But as a leader, you 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 like to maybe not hear that from somebody. Maybe maybe I don't know. I just that's that's the first thought that comes to my mind: fair or unfair. Um, it's one thing for for somebody on the team to to have complaints, but for a captain to kind of speak out. I don't know that that just kind of you don't like to hear that really I suppose um but you know one thing I did enjoy hearing from Cassidy was the kind of defending himself a little bit in regards to not being a a good coach for younger players because Scott you alluded to it when he first took over the Bruins yes when when Claude was fired but mainly that following season there was a there was an introduction of youth throughout the lineup and uh, those players would be Pashnak, who had already been there for a few years, but McAvoy was his first full season. DeBrusque, his first full season. Dan Heinen's first full season. Uh, Matt Grizzlick's first for a full season. Uh, Ryan Donato was introduced at times. He did okay under the, with the Bruins. Um, you know, other guys, Corrali. Like, there's other guys at Carlo, right? Anders Bjork, Bridget's mm-hmm. favorite. Yep. Yep. So, hey, by the way, Scott, you, is he going to be in your um, 100 best Bruins of all time? Oh, yeah. We, we, we can. We can touch on that later, but uh, I think Anders Bjork might just miss the cut. Ooh, okay. Scott's not allowed to tell us who's in it, so maybe maybe he's lying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that I mean, not to switch the conversation, but uh, 
Scott did get this. Uh, there's how many of you guys? Fifteen or so? Yeah, I think it, yeah, twenty or so. I don't know. I actually didn't count exactly how many. I but... didn't count either. But uh, Scott's on the selection committee for the Bruins centennial season. Um, that so the Bruins selected a few media members to kind of come together and pick the best 100 Bruins players over the last 100 years. So Scott, I know you're really excited about that because Scott's like your he loves his history and he takes it seriously. So. Yeah, I got to tell you, thank God we're doing this during the summer and not in season because I'm going to spend way too much time tinkering with my list and, and looking up a bajillion things and going over it over and over again. So uh, yeah, I'm maybe not going to be as productive with other work as I should be. So good, good thing it's during a, a downtime in the calendar. Yeah, just don't leave off Peter Nokalainen or Peter Schaefer, any of those guys. Those Peter Vladimir Sabotka. Yeah, Sabotka. Oh, yeah. Uh, those guys all have to be on there. So, yeah, Scott, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's a pretty cool um, activity to be a part of for you. So that that is really cool. Um, I I guess just to, yeah, just to finish the Bruce Cassidy stuff. Um, Which, so, yeah. by the way, on our YouTube, I'm going to link it. I'm going to link it um, because we have it up. If you want to go watch the interview with Cassidy on the Greg Hill show. Um, it's on YouTube. Um, so I'll link that for you guys here in the YouTube version. If you're listening on Spotify or what have you, um, just go to WS YouTube and you can watch it right there. Yeah. And yeah, so, so, uh, yeah, he stood up for himself talking about basically how he's, he, he is a pretty good coach with, with, uh, with developing players. And of course he spent a lot of time in Providence. So, you know, I mean, it's the whole Bruce Cassidy saga here in Boston and how it ended and and people saying that change was necessary. I'm not going to disagree with them because if the feeling in the room was that the message was being stale, I can't sit here and tell them that's not the case because I wasn't in the room and these players were. Um, what annoyed me about the situation was that players allowed it to get stale because I really don't think Bruce Cassidy, I don't know. I mean, whatever. And, and then people will sit there and say, well, yeah, I worked in Vegas and they won the cup, but let's see how they let's see how that locker room feels in five years from now. Whatever, they got a cup, so <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I think players respect coaches that can win and the coaches that that demand respect and excellence and accountability. And I don't think Jim Montgomery isn't one of those coaches. Um, but you know what? I also stand by like if Bruce Cassidy is the, is the coach in the Florida Panthers series um, after the season that they had. I'm not so sure they they won that series anyway because I think the Bruins' problems in that Florida series wasn't a lack of accountability. I think it was just like I just really think that too many things went well for them in the regular season and and they just couldn't they couldn't stand there and and face adversity when it finally smacked them in the face. And I'm not so sure Bruce Cassidy would have helped them in that situation anyway. But regardless, um, with the was there anything that was asked on that show that really stood out to you that that Bruce? may have politically answered or transparently answered. For me, the question about veterans maybe sticking up firm or lack thereof, I think I think that may be the only answer Cassidy gave where maybe he was not totally honest, but I understand why he would be. I mean, he said it was a management decision, and it was. I think if Bergeron said to Sweeney, like, we need – like, like the younger guys, are they're out of line. Like, he's good for our dressing room maybe maybe the management would have not fired him i don't know necessarily um i'm not 
putting us on Bergeron. I'm just saying I think Cassidy may have taken the political answer there. But besides that, he was pretty honest about the whole interview, I felt. Yeah, I thought, you know, it stood out to me. I kind of references like him talking about how he it seemingly still has a pretty good relationship with at least a few of the guys. And he named Bergeron, Marshan, Pasternak, McAvoy by name. And while he was talking about, because he was also asked about that conversation that um, Vegas president George McPhee mentioned after the Stanley Cup how Mark Stone and Patrice Bergeron talked uh, when Vegas was looking at hiring Cassidy. And supposedly, according to George McPhee, Bergeron told Mark Stone, if you hire Cassidy, you'll win the Stanley Cup, which I got to say, just knowing Bergeron, I don't think he said it that bluntly. I think George McPhee probably exaggerated a little, but uh, Cassidy was asked about that. And he said, you know, I don't know the details of the conversation, but I do know they talked because I told them to talk. He, he told Mark Stone to call Bergeron. And he said he told the other teams, like, yeah, definitely like, talk to some of my former players. And he said another team he interviewed with talked to Pasternak. So clearly, you know, now, like he said, like, you can talk to anyone. Like, obviously, I'm, you know, he might have his biases in terms of what players to talk to. But if he's telling guys, hey, talk to Bergeron about me, talk to Pasternak about me obviously he feels pretty good about those relationships and thinks, you know, those are guys who respect him and, and will give like a good recommendation. Right. I mean, we've all applied for jobs before. You don't put people down for recommendations who are going to, you know, talk shit about you and say negative stuff. Like you, you put down people who respect you and respect your work and, and can like testify to your character. So that's why I'm um, never putting Scott down as a reference. I've, right. I've yeah, harassed him absolutely. far too much for him to give me a good recommendation. <laughs> you, well, you keep throwing those popcorn photos up on Twitch when I'm, when I'm on. And uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> I, yeah. He's like, he's like, you're, you're getting the worst recommendation of all time. She, you know, she can't focus. She's, she's more worried about popcorn, uh, which is the same thing I would give you in my recommendation for, for if you needed a new job, but, um, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, the interview, I, I to, to go to that point about Bergeron, like, do you guys remember he, he spoke to the, like, French-Canadian media a little bit after Cassidy, the decision to move on from Cassidy? And I remember we had to, like, translate it back to English, but he was, he had said something to the effect of, uh, you know, like it, it, it had nothing to do with him. Like I, I remember, God, it was in French. So it was, it was, um, translated, but do you remember that Scott right after, yeah. um, what, like, it was like the first interview Bergeron gave answering the question. Um, and he, he made it seem like he was pretty, not, I, I don't know about upset, but like, or probably didn't sound like he was disagreeing, but he was like, it wasn't us. Like it was, that was not a decision the players were involved in. Sorry, I'm just pulling it up too because you're right, and this is a good poll. I just found it um, from from last June. Uh, yeah, so he was he was asked by Le Journal de Quebec, uh, obviously, so a French interview, um, if he had anything to do with Bruce Cassidy being fired. And again, this is translated from French, so take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but. 
He was vehement. It's completely unfounded, so I won't put any energy into it. It's a waste of time, and it's really stupid speculation, which is, like, we all know Bergeron. Like, that is more blunt and, you know, words like stupid that, like, we don't hear him use very often. So, yeah, he was, he was, like, legitimately bothered by that suggestion. And I, I have never felt like Bergeron is the one who got him fired or even, like, a situation where it was like, well, he sided with players and, you know, told Sweeney, yeah, I think, you know, we need to move on. Like, I don't think that happened because I don't think Sweeney put that in Bergeron's hands. Like, I don't think he ever put that on Bergeron. I think he went through his exit interviews with all the players. And I'm sure when he talked to Bergeron, he asked like, hey, you know, were there issues with younger players? Are there, you know, are guys not really listening to his message anymore like i'm sure they had that conversation and bergeron probably gave honest answers but when cassidy says it was a management decision i actually believe that like i I think it was i don't think sweeney ever went ever asked patrice bergeron all right patrice what do you think should we keep him or fire him i don't think that was ever asked i think sweeney had his conversations he talked to bergeron about different problems and then he made his decision because he wasn't gonna I just don't think he was ever going to like hang Bergeron out to dry like that, where you're putting, putting it on a player, whether to keep a coach or not. Like that's first off, I would say that's cowardly general managing. If that, if he did do that, like you're the general manager, that's your call. The coach is directly under you. You're the one who decides whether they stay employed or not. And I think that's how it worked here. Like I think it ultimately was Sweeney's decision and Sweeney and Neely of, throw Neely in there too, obviously, because the two of them work very closely together. Um, And I think it was made, I think that decision was made without putting any sort of ultimatum to Bergeron about, you know, what do you want us to do? Like, I don't know. So that, that's what I think. I feel, I feel like if in the exit interviews, if Bergeron, if Marshand, if Felino if any of these veterans were asked about the coaching situation and they were like, no, it's all good. Then Sweeney would not have fired Cassidy without consulting Bergeron. There's no, there's no way, but there's no way he would have done that. Um, Which tells me, I think that's fair. Yeah. 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 There was enough, there was enough agreement slash acknowledgement from the veterans in their exit interviews about friction between Cassidy and some of the younger players that Sweeney felt vindicated enough or justified enough to fire Sweeney without telling them. I still find, I still, that's the only way he would have not told, given Bergeron a heads up is if Bergeron, Marshan and other veterans all at least acknowledged and agreed with the fact that there was some friction with Cassidy and others. Cause I really do find it hard to believe that they can go through exit interviews and then he wouldn't give Bergeron in particular and Marshan uh, a heads up about what might be coming. You Because you know why? Because you might not want to put them in a tough position like like, like speculation has, has come out since. You're not changing Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marshan's head coach in their final, you know, potential runs without letting them know. You're just, you're just not. Unless everybody in the interviews acknowledged like kind of unspoken, like we ended like, there may have been like an unspoken, like, yeah, 
like this is what's going on in the room. The younger guys aren't jiving with them anymore. What what do you want? It's it's the way that it is. I still that that's the only way Sweeney would have fired him without consulting them is if in the exit interviews they were they were transparent enough, not necessarily agreeing with the younger players, but at least acknowledging it. Um, but you know what? It's 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 a um it's a conversation we're having now because 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 you know Cassidy was on you know, full transparency. Like it's not. I really don't think it's that big of a, a deal either way. Like you know change happened i love cassidy as a coach i'm not i don't i don't really get my rocks off like trying to cast blame on why he got fired he got fired um you know i think it's strange how the the off season last year started like he was not getting fired right um and then it kind of came out of nowhere and that's that's kind of why last year i was a little upset for cassidy because they made coach like they started to make uh coaching decisions for next year with Cassidy still in mind and, and the fire just kind of came out of nowhere and it just kind of feel it. One thing's for sure. It was definitely the player's influence. I mean, obviously like the exit interviews, like that Sweeney apparently didn't realize how much the players didn't like Cassidy. And that's why I, I, I take back some of the blame I give on Sweeney because Sweeney kind of had to Sweeney and Neely, if they feel like the room's not jiving with the coach, then, then it is what it is. I've, like I've said, I, I find it annoying that, that the players allowed it to get to that point. Still fun, still kind of feels like a mutiny to me. Um, it worked out great for the Bruins. They had a great regular season. The playoffs, was that coaching? Was it not coaching? I don't know. But Bruce Cassidy uh, certainly certainly turned Vegas around. And, and, and as he put it in his own words, it worked out great for him. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with the point of like, eventually at some point he gave the veteran players a heads up of what was coming. Um, obviously that's not something you would want them to be blindsided by or like find out through social media or whatever. But I guess what I wonder there, like I'm my guess is that conversation was Sweeney calls up Bergeron says, I made this decision and this is what we're doing. Like, I, I don't think he called him up and said, I'm thinking about doing this and like this further discussion back and forth or whatever. Like I think once Sweeney made the decision, it's I'm giving you a heads up that we're doing this, but like, it's a final decision. We've already decided type thing. Um, Again, just because if to me, if you're a good GM or really any good boss, like you're not, you're not putting someone else's firing on someone where that's not their responsibility. Like it's not Patrice Bergeron's responsibility to, hire fire keep coaches it at least it shouldn't be to me like that that's just not how it should be run like but i know that happens in other sports like especially the nba you definitely get the sense that like a player like lebron james controls a coach's fate i think it's a little different i just don't think it works that way in hockey nor should it and so yeah while bergeron's feedback is taken into account like i would say bad job by sweeney if it was ultimately Bergeron's decision. Like that's just not how it should work. So um, that like now that we hear more and more and, and the fact that Cassidy, I don't know, maybe privately he does think, you know, Hey, Bergeron and Marshan kind of hung out to dry or whatever. I don't know. Maybe like, like we said earlier, he, it's easy for him to take the high road now because he won. So why, you know, piss anyone off in Boston at this point, but him calling it a management decision, I, I think that is actually how he feels. Like I think he does 
believe that ultimately this was a Sweeney Neely decision and, you know, they're the ones who made it. And, you know, I think he still has some, I think he still has a decent amount of respect for Sweeney too. Like he talked about how he took Sweeney's feedback into account when he did get fired because he, he does respect him. He said Sweeney was one of the first ones to reach out after he won the cup. So it seems like there's at least still like some mutual respect there where it's not like, well, screw that guy. He he fired me. Like I'm never talking to him again. 